Today on the Callahan Podcast, you know what we should do? You know what we should do today? We should do something different. Expose some hypocritical liberals, some good woke liberals, like my old friend Ellen. People are finally learning the truth about Ellen. And Dan Lebertard. Dan Lebertard, who's laughing at a young guy, young black guy who tore his ACL. And uh, the vice president of marketing for the Boston Bruins, who was undressed by turtle boy we'll get into that and we'll hear from colony's heroes at uh, uh spit and chicklets they chime in on this and donald trump was asked again about his old friend Gislaine maxwell and again he wishes her well what the hell are you thinking mr president she's a sexual predator she's a monster you don't wish people like that well. We'll play that sound and a whole lot more on the Callahan podcast, which today is presented by DCU, which is presented by DCU every day. Uh, whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance a home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs and, more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it such a difficult and confusing process. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA, membership required. Okay, Caroline, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Why is it always this way? Why do we always have to start off saying the dumbest thing we heard yesterday, the dumbest thing we've heard perhaps in the last three or four days? Why does it always have to be the president? Why does it always have to be the leader of the free world who says something dumb? It's so frustrating. I I mean, I respect the fact that our president is not afraid to sit before the cameras to face the questions, unlike his opponent, who is hiding in the basement still. And, and will. And when's the last time Biden took a tough question, a real question from anybody? It's been pre-COVID. Trump does it every day, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. He thinks he's so so adept, so quick on his feet, and he's just not. And yesterday was another one of those days. Why? Let me ask you this, Shattuck. Why is he doing an interview with Axios with this British guy from Axios? And 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 why you give your response, Shattuck? Jerry, go put your headphones on. <laughs> so, yeah, we're well, feedback. Jonathan Swan is is really talented. He's really good. He's a smart guy. He's usually a little different than the pack. I don't think this this interview um, was was up to Jonathan Swan's usual level. This was low hanging fruit stuff he did. This is like the. Um, the uh, quizzing George W. Bush on the presidents of foreign nations from you know twenty years ago. I I I I, I think Trump wants the reach. He likes ABC. I think in Axios, and I think he wants the reach. It's very sophisticated this channel and this show. And I understand for a guy from Manhattan, which is where Trump's mind is, that that he thinks that this will that this is uh, the a format where he can shine and thrive and and look good. But it, this was a test. This was essentially a competency, IQ, and um, and um, kind of speech test, if if anything. And this is not Trump's strong suit. He needs to go somewhere where he can 
where he can, you know, get questions where he can tee off on them. And this was not the the place to do it. I don't think it was terrible. I think if you if you watch this thing and you hate Trump, then you're going to get exactly what you're looking for. You're going to have Trump stammering and being inarticulate and not having a depth of knowledge on issues. But if you already factor that stuff in, like I think Trump supporters have, then it's benign. It's just. Are, are, are I still having technical difficulties, Cullinane? We're not getting as much feedback, but we are getting some feedback. I don't know if that's from you, Shattuck. I don't know. Yeah. I don't hear anything here. I'm not, nothing's playing. Yeah, some. I think some kind of feedback is coming from Shattuck. So I don't know if you can mess with that, Shattuck, while Jerry goes on here. Um, give it a shot, Tom. I mean, I don't know why we why we didn't figure this out before the broadcast started. What I think happened? something. I think something changes when you go live. I don't know why, because we talked for fifteen minutes and we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't diagnose things. Hear anything that's I don't I just hear normal or anything bad. What do you yeah, hear? Well we hear ourselves back to us. Oh. Do you still hear yourself back to us? Testing one, two, three, testing. I am not anymore, so thank oh, you. Oh good. Okay, can we start over? I know we have a Facebook live audience. Who cares? It's not a big deal. Just go we for should it. Start over. I you know, Cullen Cullinane was so happy too when this before we started this broadcast because his heroes and I'm not sure if you're fully aware of this, Shattuck, but his heroes, he's a grown man with kids, mid-30s. His heroes are Rear Admiral uh, Whitney, Ryan Whitney. That's his real hero because not yeah. only is he a hockey guy, but I... But Dave, I cannot hear Jerry Callahan. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I literally was taking off my headphones to see if uh, if that was just on my end. <laughs> just, now Jerry is just gone. <laughs> okay, what, what is going on here? I think you're, I, I don't know how, how uh, your internet is responding today, unfortunately. Just... Yeah, because you have me changing things. Don't have me change anything. Just leave it the way it is. Okay, <laughs> okay fine, fine. I'm we'll not hitting any buttons. I'm not going to, you know, click on this and download that. Let's just do this, okay? This is the way of the world, okay? When you do remote broadcasting, things are going to fuck up. So let's That's go. not true. The whole world is doing remote broadcasts. I don't see this happening all the time. I was on, oh, Newsmax. I was on Newsmax TV yesterday, sitting in this very seat. Newsmax TV is Donald Trump's favorite network, and I was on it. So the president was probably watching and listening to me yesterday, and uh, we had no problems, no glitches, no technical difficulties at all. In fact, I, I'd be I, shocked I, I if he doesn't. I sound reach. crystal clear and look good, so it can't be on my end. Uh, I'll way. be shocked if Trump doesn't reach out to me today and tell me what a wonderful job I did on Newsmax TV yesterday. <laughs> Who were you with yesterday in Newsmax? I don't know, Chris Salado. Uh, it's okay. a show. Uh, it's a yeah, it goes head to head against the five, so I don't know what, what our numbers were, but uh, I think I kicked Gutfeld's ass yesterday. That's my feeling. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I so I tuned in after you tweeted that. I missed you, but saw like the the crossover and um, saw Spicer. Sp Newsmax looks really good these days. I mean, it really was crisp and a good looking broadcast. Do you do you have Comcast? What number is it on your dial? No, no, your, I watched it on my computer. I, I got oh, it. You watched it on your computer. Yeah, I guess people could do that too, but I got to find it because I got to start watching it because, you know, it's going to be important. That's what Trump's watching. He's watching Fox and Friends and he's watching uh, OAN and Newsmax. OAN and he's watching Newsmax TV. And I heard somebody was guests uh, theorizing that if Trump loses, that one his next move would be to buy one of those networks and just go, you know, scorched earth 24 hours a day with uh you know pro-trump anti-biden uh anti-deep state anti-swamp broadcasting and uh, you know attack 
uh, Fox because he's he's turned. He's no longer happy with Fox. He likes Fox and Friends, but he, you know, hates Chris Wallace and hates certain personalities they have on the uh, on the network. He expects full support twenty four seven, and he's not getting it, and so he's not happy. That's why he watches Newsmax TV. That's why he saw me mm-hmm. yesterday. But yeah, he has well, that uh, he has that like Team Trump. Obviously, it's all campaign shit. But he has that Team Trump online where they all have like ten different shows every day. That doesn't seem to get too much traction. That's true. Trump. Well, maybe it will in the campaign or like October, November. He's got the show. I haven't seen it yet. Have you guys seen the show with the chicks? The uh, it's yeah. kind of the View Trump version yeah. of the View with uh, Kimberly yes. Guilfoyle. It's much better looking, much easier to look at than the actual <laughs> View. Instead of Joy Behar, you get Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yeah, and Lara Trump is on and there. And Lara Trump as well, yep. who looks so much like Brandy Love. She looks like a younger Brandy Love. <laughs> and that's a compliment. But your imagination can run wild when you see Lara Trump. Uh if you yeah. if you're if you're a Brandy Love fan and who isn't, let's be honest. Lara Trump is is good, and so is Gilfoyle on that show. And Don Jr. is a good interviewer. Um he's, he's on that show. No, no, he's not on the show, but he's on the Trump TV network. So they're doing oh. something out of Manhattan. And they're expanding a little bit, as a matter of fact. And they're talented. They're pretty. They're talented people. And I think that'll be definitely if he's if he doesn't win re-election, he'll either merge that into OAN or something, or just create his own thing. Newsmax. Uh, oh, what's right, uh, I mean, he'll have you know he'll have forty five million Americans who are religiously watching him, and as he's a pundit, uh, as the Biden campaign. <laughs> You know, grinds along. Biden presidency grinds along. You know, you know what's fr- frustrating though is when you see whoever it is, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Laura Trump, Don Jr. If you see Kaylee McEnany, if you see uh, mm-hmm. Mike Pence, they all are more uh, articulate than Donald Trump. And I know he's not supposed to be polished. He's uh, supposed to be, you know, this this bull in the china shop and all that, but. Yesterday, he goes on this Axios, and it's just cringy. He talks about John Lewis, and again, I respect the fact that he didn't pretend he liked John Lewis. He hated John Lewis, and John Lewis hated him. You're not supposed to go to the funeral, any of the six or seven funerals of of John Lewis. Uh, You're not supposed to attend those if you hated each other. That would be phony. That would be disingenuous. That's what... George W. Bush did. That's what Mitt Romney would have done. I respect the fact that he says, no, I don't like him. He doesn't like me. But when asked about John Lewis by this Axios guy, he says, I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. I mean, you got to at least pay lip service to the man's, you know, hero, heroism, courage in the 60s. You have to say, yeah, he was a great civil rights hero, but he was a terrible congressman. That's the answer. You say what he did for civil rights, what he did, you know, in Selma, he got arrested forty times. He had his skull fractured, you know, by by Klansmen, by thugs, uh, and 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 he lived to tell about it. His story's amazing, but he was terrible as a congressman. He was terrible for his district, and he didn't like me, and I didn't like him. That's the answer. It's not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just stumbling and bumbling. Uh, I guess. I guess he thinks that he can wing it, you know, when he sits down with people like this and he thinks maybe the people around him tell him he did a great job. I don't know if you saw, heard the answer he gave again to the Gislaine Maxwell question again, just stupid. Can we play the, um, the answer he gave the Axios guy and, and my, why, why, again, I'll ask you, why is he sitting down with Axios? What, what, what does that get him? 
I don't know why he sits down. I mean, he still sits down with Maggie Haberman. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. He, he thinks he can talk these people into you know, liking him or not trying to ruin him, and it'll never happen. They hate him. Their goal, their life is their life's goal is to ruin him, to see him go down in flames. And uh, somehow he thinks if he sits down, he can charm them. But can we hear what he said about Ghislaine Maxwell? Mr. President, the other day a reporter asked you about Ghislaine Maxwell. You said, quote, I just wish her well, frankly. I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Mr. President, Ghislaine Maxwell has been arrested on allegations of child sex trafficking. Why would you wish such a well, person well? I don't know that, but I do know that she has. She's been arrested for that. Her you know that. friend or boyfriend, Epstein, was either killed or committed suicide in jail. She's now in jail. Uh huh. Yeah, I wish her well. I'd wish you well. I'd wish a lot of people well. Good luck. Let them prove somebody was guilty. I mean, you do know that. Oh, she's so you're guilty. saying you hope she doesn't die in jail? Is that what you mean by wish her well? Her boyfriend died in jail, and people are still trying to figure out how did it happen? Was it suicide? Was he killed? And I do wish you well. I'm not looking for anything bad for her. I'm not looking bad for anybody. And they took that. And I mean, she's a child. Such, sex, alleged such child sex trafficking. a big though. deal. But all it is is right. her boyfriend died. He died in jail. Was he killed? Was it suicide? I do. I wish her well. Strange, strange reply. You, you have you have two choices if you're going to do this. If you're Donald Trump, you 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 have either you refuse, decline, no comment, or you read up. You read up and you know what you're talking about. He doesn't do either. I mean, that I'm not sure the Axios guy. What's his name? The Axios host. I, I'm Jonathan not sure. Swan. I'm not sure. Jonathan Swan read up. She is not just accused of trafficking and helping Epstein secure girls. She's accused of raping them herself. She is a sexual predator, a pedophile herself. Which, by the way, last week when we talked about this, I've actually, and I've read a lot into this Epstein story, nobody ever refers to Maxwell as a rapist. Like nobody ever. And, and he never, he didn't bring that up, which was a good thing for Trump. Trump should have brought that up yesterday. Uh, he doesn't know. I mean, lots of people yeah. don't know. But if you read up, I mean, we went through the accusations last week and there's, I don't know the number, there's at least a handful of these girls who said she was participating in these sexual assaults, she is a monster. There's no, oh yeah, she's just, you know, it's like Joe Card Zarnia. If we can get to that, we haven't heard Shaddock's take on that disgusting decision by these two Obama judges. I mean, they, they their whole rationale is, you know, he wasn't really his fault. He was following along with his brother. He placed a bomb next to children, knowing he would mm. kill children if he doesn't deserve the needle if he doesn't deserve death then nobody does um Ghislaine maxwell participated in sexual assaults on children allegedly now she gets her dad court he's right about that but you don't wish someone well who's accused of that you don't say gee you know, i hope she hope she gets what acquitted is that what he's hoping <laughs> no i think he's saying that he hopes that she doesn't suicide herself or uh, i think he wants her to stay alive i think that you know nobody's talking about it, but I believe in court records, court filings. Now we found out that, uh, it, that, um, that Bill Clinton has been officially documented as having been in the company of these people. Oh, really? I, I, I read that anywhere. Wait, oh, you must, you must watch Newsmax. Right. You, must, uh, exactly. yeah, you must watch, you must read the blaze. It's a, it is, 
I said the other day the most egregious example of media bias was the cover-up for Andrew Cuomo, and it is. It's close. To, I mean, my life, I've never seen anything like it. The guy's responsible for killing thousands of seniors, and you have me- media people literally looking in the camera and saying, Cuomo's doing a wonderful job. Florida and Texas, Georgia, they can learn a lot from Cuomo. And I'm going, what? Do they think we don't know that he killed thousands of senior citizens? He did the worst job anyone's ever done. They have far and away the highest death rate, I mean, the highest death toll um, in in the world. I mean, it's insane to say that Cuomo is anything but negligent. But uh, in in this example, it's, it's incredible. We learned that Bill Clinton was on an island with children for sex, sexual, who were there for sexual purposes. Uh, we learned two witnesses and flight logs. Bill Clinton, former president, icon in the Democrat Party still. Hillary Clinton's husband, right. like, uh, allegedly, um, was on an island with children. And it's not in the news. I mean, I saw the, uh, uh, the review of this. I think Newsbusters had it literally ignored by all the usual suspects the you know washington post new york times abc nbc he's he's was a president and he was there with children for his sexual gratification and we don't read a word of it can you imagine tom shattuck can you imagine if that were any you name it george w bush mitt romney donald trump you name it it would be banner headlines for days the cover-up for this sexual deviant for this scum Bill Clinton is incredible. Well, certainly the standing order in every uh, news desk and city desk would be go down to your politician and ask him if he disavows Bill Clinton. Ask him if he disavows the Clinton machine and the, the certainly the power ascension of Bill Clinton and ask him to, to elaborate on that. But nobody's being asked anything. And it is remarkable because not only is this the, the spouse of the standard bearer of the Democrat Party, but if you look at Hillary Clinton, She's married to this guy who appears now to be a prolific sexual assaulter, but her, her, you know, Hillary's go-to, her, her advisor, her primary advisor was Huma, who was married to another guy who had (laughs) affinity online for underage women. So it's odd, you know, and I'm not a Pizzagate guy and all that stuff and QAnon, whatever, but there's a trend here that's being uncovered. And you would think, you would think somewhere that somebody would be mildly interested, mildly interested in this stuff. But it no. is, I, 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 I guess in generations past, maybe, but now it is just, you know, picking sides and all the mainstream media is on one side. And they're all invested yeah, right. in this. They don't care. And there's, an unraveling guy, there's, a, there's they, a cultural unraveling happening. And then you talk about Sarnev, Jerry. How would Sarnev not be a, a hero to Antifa? And these revolutionaries, he did. He's against the United States government. He, he the the bourgeoisness of of what he saw, he attacked. You know, he did everything in the name of a religion of the downtrodden, according to his note. You know, I mean, <clears throat> he did everything but write Black Lives Matter in the middle in, in on that boat when he was getting shot at. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy. I don't. I don't think it's impossible this guy's a free man in coming decades if the trend continues as it of is. Not. Of course not. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, unless he unless he writes "Babies' Lives Matter" in chalk on the sidewalk, he's probably going right. to you know, see the light of day. <laughs> we we pick and choose, but it is amazing that uh, that uh, Clinton story barely gets mentioned. I'm thinking a former president we now know was on an island w- with his friend 
perhaps the most prolific pedophile in U.S. history, Jeffrey Epstein. He took a private jet. He ordered the uh, Secret Service to get lost, and he went there to cavort with children. And it's barely mentioned. But, but, no, these are, these are, but these are still just accusations, right? Like it, they unsealed the documents, but it's all Virginia. Is it Jeffrey or Jeffrey? However you pronounce her name. I believe but, all women, Dave. I think that's the new cultural standard. And it's also you know, it's in court. And also it's funny that the bigger crime is that Trump wishes her well, which is wacky than the fact that this former president did this well, stuff. I mean, it's not a crime. What Trump did is not a crime. It's just dumb. And, right. And, and well, just dumb. I mean, you did it once. That's one thing. You got mocked. He just did it again. He just wished him well. I mean, again, does he wish Does he wish Bill Cosby well? Does he wish Harvey Weinstein well? I mean, it's just stupid. He's the law and order president, and he's wishing this sexual predator well. Uh, but uh, Cullinane's just hoping. And you know what? So am I. Just hoping that your pal Alan Dershowitz gets caught up in this because I, I think I think the more the longer Ghislaine stays alive, the more she has a chance to talk, the more trouble Dershowitz is in. I'll say it again. Dershowitz claimed he got a massage. He got a massage in a home owned by the again the worst pedophile, one of the worst pedophiles in U.S. history. The walls in this home were adorned with pictures, photographs of naked children. And Dershowitz wants us to believe he just went there for a massage. I'm sorry, Professor. That's hard to believe. I mean, I know your best defense is an offense, and all he does is say, you know, he wrote a book about it, and he wants the story told because he's innocent. I have my doubts. The professor protests a little too much, and he, I know. He definitely <laughs> looks frazzled. He's yeah. a little unkempt as well. <laughs> I, I mean, you're you were a friend of Epstein, a friend. You stayed at his house. He claimed his wife was there too, so I guess they're kind of kinky. But you don't go to a pedophile's house for a massage because you have, you know, a sore sciatica. That's not how it works. He is he is just an absolute maniac that these documents come out. And I guess he, I mean, and he the first thing he thinks is to tweet. But I guess he's been calling for these documents to be unsealed for years. So I mean. I call him a maniac, but I guess he kind of got what he wanted, which is insanity. Well, not really. He wants to appear like he's he's innocent, so he attacks and says, uh, "You know, you know, bring it on." Uh, but I'm not sure he wants the videos that Gislaine has vid allegedly videos. You think Dershowitz wants, you know, the hidden camera videos to to come out? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind hearing, you know. Can you imagine if it comes out and we get to see Dershowitz naked walking around the oh. massage room with oh. with twelve year old girls? Oh man! See, yeah, Dershowitz, has, Dershowitz has a problem that he he's flipped. He's defending Trump now. He wrote a I think wrote another book about it, but become the go to one of these go to guests. You know, when I'm not available, Newsmax calls him to come on and defend Trump. That means he is no longer. Uh, uh, going to be protected by right. the Washington Post, New York Times, ABC, CBS. They're, they'll protect Clinton, but they're not going to protect Dershowitz. If he gets a little deeper into this, I think the professor's uh, in big trouble. Of course, he's 80 years old, and I don't know how much he, how much game he has left. But there's not going to be a lot of sympathy for him if this thing, you know. Gets no, well, I mean, worked. maybe that's why he was defending Trump for the last few years. You know, maybe he realized that the uh, the clouds were approaching, and it might be good to have friends in high places, especially friends who would uh, 
who will, you know, if um, if Kim K asks him to pardon somebody, will do it. You know, very <laughs> you know, you know, you heard the uh, he's laying low, Dershowitz. That means that means he doesn't go to the nude beach on Martha's Vineyard this summer. Oh. He's he has not been seen on the nude beach. Uh, I think that yeah, the New York Post reported that they had a sent the reporter there to the nude beach and uh there was no sign of uh, uh the professor so that's good news for it's it's he's Martha. doing a pu- he's doing a public service this summer <laughs> good good news for Martha's vineyard residents they don't have to see Dershowitz's wrinkly ass on the nude beach why wouldn't they take pictures though they sent the reporter there why didn't they take a photographer have you guys ever been to a nude beach i was at one on uh, saint martin there yeah. let me tell you they're overrated you know the, the, you don't you don't think you think yeah. you're gonna see like you know swimsuit models you end up you end up seeing you know joy behar on the nude beach <laughs> or yeah it's, it's something sneaky about you and joy behar because she's your go-to reference in all these scenarios there's oh, some kind of hidden agenda there so I was on one uh, in Punta Cana like 20 years ago. That's what you see. You see Tom Shattuck when you go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Every human body is beautiful, Jerry, okay? No, I was not uh, nude, but but it was mostly at that point, it was mostly tourists from Spain and Italy, and yeah. there were a lot of packages that attracted young people because there were little discos around, etc. And I would say that represented new beaches well. Um, and I don't think that the, the, the crew I was with from South Boston necessarily, um, represented, uh, well, the American was, ability to, to absorb it in a, in a uh, calm manner. Well, there was a, a, no, a, no, whatever, regular beach. My wife and I were walking on the beach and it just suddenly turns into a nude beach, but there's a sentry there that, that stands just before you get to the nude beach, stands there naked just to give you the shock. Oh, the, the warning of what's to come. And it's the skinny guy with, with this thing hanging down to his knee. And it's just, and and it's just the size. It's like three. He's like a tripod. He's got three legs. Hey, and you stop and you look and you go, Holy crap, what is going on? Then you realize you're on the nude beach and he's just standing there, his arms crossed watching your, the reaction. That's what some people are there for. Some of the guys they they want to see the reaction to, yeah. they're very proud of themselves. And, uh, and and you look and you go, holy crap! You didn't. We didn't take our clothes off. We just walked the nude beach because it was part of the beach. Right. And he just stood there and smiled and and watched people's reaction. And that's the one and only time that I've seen Dershowitz naked. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't like guys who are naked and want to talk to you. Like even believe it or not, when I had gym memberships, right at the gym, you guys would be shooting the breeze with each other, you know, about getting a good tea time somewhere and be totally naked. I'm like something. There's something. Some subtext happening here. There's no question. I, yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. Yeah, nude beaches are not what they should be. But but you you get the same thing if you go in the locker room at a gym and the, some guys they don't want to leave. They want to walk around naked. Yeah, they're, they're proud and they want. Uh, you know, kind of like to force you to like, you know, look at them and you're going, okay, we got it. You're, you're, you're proud of yourself. Um, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to hang with you. <laughs> no, no, Jesus. Like, and but when they put one like leg up on the bench, right. you howling <laughs> off. What is going on here? <laughs> right. They start talking. So that storm's coming in. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the Dow's down for 3% over year after year for years. Like, why you you're also pleasuring yourself as we're, as we're discussing this. So can you not? No, I don't like that. I don't like that, 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 um, 
that you've got octogenarians thinking it's a really good idea to be naked all the time. This is um, <laughs> this is not, not a good thing. I don't uh, no, and I, I think what the Washington Post, by the way, I think they did a whole story on Epstein and Ghislaine and didn't mention Clinton. Didn't mention him. I think it was the Post. Could have been the Times. But we know the, the, the cover-up is in full effect. They mentioned Trump, who kicked uh, Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago Mar Mar and you know has denounced him. Didn't mention Clinton, who went, uh, took, I think it was 26, 27 flights on the, the Lolita Express uh, and went to the island. And the, I mean, there's only one reason to go to the island. The same reason, you know, Prince Andrew went there and Besides others. Uh, massages, right? Awesome. Massages from twelve-year-old girls. All the massage therapists from are twelve-year-old sex the Caribbean. Yeah, isn't but, that isn't that uh, isn't that interesting? But I mean, at, at this point, at this point, it's all in. There are total blinders happening. We're still getting people saying I did this. Uh, the governor of New Mexico is still saying you're absolutely you're not allowed to campaign or do politics out in the streets in any way. No campaigning, no lit dropping, no door knocking, no nothing. That said. Peaceful protests are encouraged. So it's like the same thing with the Clinton thing is that they now have blinders on and they are all in. There's a fake, there's a fake world happening, like this holodeck world happening out there. And it's being reported on and, and talked about like it's a, a normal thing. It's, a, it's, it's amazing that, that one of the worst things, I mean, you could, you couldn't draw up a worse thing then I think it was the seventh John John Lewis funeral. Could have been the eighth, but the funeral they had the other day in D.C. They had hundreds of people flying from all over the country, gather in a small, uh, closed, enclosed indoor space, uh, breathe all over each other, then fly home. I mean, it's it's the one thing above all others that the government, that these governors and mayors have said, you just can't do, you know, you can't go to church. You can't have gatherings of over more than 10 people. You know, you can't fly in without quarantining. They broke all the rules and the mayor said, that's okay. It was for a good cause. It is really exposing these frauds like her who are, she's like finding people for going outside without a mask. And she's welcoming this huge gathering from people all over the country saying, yeah, but you know, John Lewis was such a, such an important figure we can you know risk everybody's life it's it is laughable at this point there is you know there's two sets of rules i know you saw the kids who wrote babies lives matter with chuck chuck which i assume like your kids do in the driveway right chuck the right. next time it rains it's gone with chuck they wrote babies lives matter or black babies lives matter they got arrested mm -hmm. i think the total number of people in dc who were arrested for defacing property was three after the last two months of destruction and looting and vandalism. I think three or four people total in DC were arrested for defacing property. They arrested these two kids, college kids for writing babies lives matter in right. talk. <laughs> now suddenly those two cops are good cops. Right. <laughs> Finally, we got some good cops around. And that's that's remarkable too. It's you know they've they've been writing. Somebody wrote in Tulsa, I think, um, back the blue, and there've been all mm. sort of politicians saying it's a racist, um, it's a racist uh, message. And can you imagine just back the just simply support the police? Not even not the police who killed him, just the police in general is absolutely considered a slur now. And it's in, it's just it's. It's crazy because just a year ago, Jerry, I'm going to try to play some audio here and it probably won't work, but I'm going to try anyway. Just a year ago, remember this. Behind me, a filled room. 
of 9-11 first responders. And in front of me, a nearly empty Congress. Your indifference costs these men and women their most valuable commodity, time. It's the one thing they're running out of. This should be flipped. This hearing should be flipped. These men and women should be up on that stage and Congress should be down here answering their questions as to why this is so damn hard and takes so damn long. They did their jobs with courage, grace, tenacity, humility. 18 years later, do yours. Thank you. Just a year ago, that's where our minds were, about how valuable law enforcement was, about what cops did to sacrifice themselves, about the place we should have and the priority they should have. It was a smack to everybody in the Congress saying, hey, you know, get your bleep together. These people, these people should be elevated, you know, and these people should be considered heroes and they should be a priority. That was just a year ago. You don't you don't, you don't have to go back a year, Tom. You have to go back two months before Floyd, George Floyd and we'll get to George Floyd. There's a new video that's pretty, pretty revealing. But before George Floyd, we were told the first responders were all heroes. There were all those TV commercials. You don't even know what the product was. There was soft music and showing, you know, cops, first responders going to work in the middle of this pandemic, uh, doing their jobs, cops, firemen, you know, first responders. They didn't, they weren't like teachers. They weren't getting four months paid vacation. They were working. They were taking their chances. There were, I forget the number, there was uh, the number of uh, new NYPD Officers who were infected, who got the virus, it was like in the thousands. I mean, because they were out there on the front lines in the subway, you know, in the in doing what they had to do. And when we saw them, we were supposed to cheer, applaud, clap, buy them coffee, buy them a drink, whatever. And then one rogue cop kills one alleged counterfeit dollar passer uh, uh, who was on drugs and disoriented one bad cop killed one guy in minneapolis and all cops are bad it's sickening i know we do this every day i don't care i'm going to continue to do it every day it's nauseating all right today's show brought to you by flagship wealth i'm actually here with dave mcdonough in his beautiful offices looks different since uh one four months ago since i was last year well decorated isn't it well decorated all right we're talking about the mid-year outlook report this week i'm actually a little ticked off to be honest with you okay because you showed me how many people have gone to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement versus the amount of people who requested the guide the 2020 mid-year outlook maybe it's the person giving the message it could be me it could be maybe jerry should start reading this but the hundred 124 people that went should have requested the guide, but only 54 did. So let's figure that out, people. Go there, put your email in, get the 2020 Outlook report. Dave, what's inside it? Tell them. Well, Sell it for me because I can't. Well, here it is, David. You've got a market that just four short months ago was down 40%. Now we're flat for the year. And what this booklet does, it tells you how we got here, but more importantly, where we're going. So you know, Dave, the return this year has come from five different stocks in one sector of the market. A lot of your listeners out there, they're just chasing that hot sector. That's not the smart thing to do. You get your hands on the booklet, tells you where to go to get the rate of return, especially 
Again, Dave, with the market flat for the year. We gave away thousands of these on the radio. Now we're giving away hundreds, right? We're in the hundreds. I said 54 yesterday downloaded it. We're in the hundreds. I want thousands, okay? It was the most popular guide we ever gave away on radio. We're gonna make it the most popular guide we ever gave away in podcasting. Don't be a dummy. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You say it now. Tell them not to be a dummy. Don't be a dummy. Thank you. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. I did not say give away the website. I said just say don't be a dummy. You listen to me when I speak. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Get the mid-year outlook report. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. We did the Bruins. We'll get to the Bruins story because we got new developments on that. Uh, the Bruins story where the Boston Bruins, uh, and no team, I shouldn't say no team, many teams have a good relationship with the Cubs. So have been, uh, have worked with the Cubs and so many charitable things. The Bruins are one of those teams. They've always been close with the Boston Police Department. And even recently, no exception, there's a shirt that Charlie Coyle was wearing that says BPD, and the B is the Bruins B. And the BPD stands for Boston Police Department, but it also kind of, uh, you know, uh, the emblem shows that they're part of the, you know, the cops and the, and the Bruins are in this together. Right. Boston Bruins, an executive for the Bruins, according to our guy, Turtle Boy, had that photoshopped off Charlie Co- Coyle's shirt because they're not proud of their association with the Boston police anymore. They uh, took a rask wore a hat that just said Boston police and the Boston globe, of course, who is leading the charge, the Boston globe, which is the media wing of the woke mob. And they're leading the charge against the cops. These days they grilled to, uh, they wanted to know why Tuka Rask was wearing a hat that said Boston police <laughs> when they're supposed to be honoring, you know, black lives matter as if they can't do both. It's sickening. And, um, Turtle Boy, if you missed it, if you're not reading TB Daily News, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, had a great piece yesterday. It was Turtle Boy at his best, where he exposed this jerk, this <laughs> a-hole in the Boston Bruins front office, Chamara. Is it Mark? It's Mark Chamara, right? No, Matt Chamara. Matt Chamara. Matt Chimura. I'm sorry. Matt and by Chimura. the way, we are a sports podcast, and you are screwing up my opportunity to get press credentials for next year. So thank you for this. Okay. Uh, okay. You want me to cover it up for Matt Chamara? I didn't know the guy. I knew nothing about him. What What Turtle Boy did was introduce the world to Matt Chamara, this social justice warrior who's in the front office of the Boston Bruins and is just the biggest Karen, the biggest, uh, he, he, he's got a series of emails that he writes to the town. He lives in Cohasset because he drove by a construction project and these hardworking blue collar guys out there in the heat of the day, were not wearing masks or properly social distancing. They weren't near him or his kids, but they were just doing their jobs. He's a- this guy's <laughs> writing angry emails to the town <laughs> complaining and say he's going to take action and he might, you know, take, there might be litigation involved. And I'm saying, God, it is the definition of just an a-hole. If you read this, this is the guy who is Photoshopping or ordering the Photoshopping of the Jersey to get the Boston police logo off the Bruins of Charlie Coyle's t-shirt. That's the point we've reached. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've got to be a spineless worm, just a worm, or just have a mental health issue if you're somebody 
who does that, like what he did with the jewel with the Bruins um, shirt, and it's as if these these companies. It's not just the Bruins, but it's like the Bruins, as if somebody was embezzling. Suddenly, all the resources are on this. We need to investigate and fix this and prove to the world that we're indeed the noble people we're saying we are. And the Photoshop job and Aiden was right. A great catch was was sloppy too. So it was so important to put out the fire. Oh my God! There's a police emblem as if it was a as if it was a fire in the break room. You know, right. put it out first, and we'll figure out the rest later. It's like, disgusting. It, that it guy is. It was. It was fucking impossible not to get caught photoshopping that out. I mean, yes. it was just you either either you don't post the pictures or you put it out there and you do some corny statement afterward that we all would disagreement. But to photoshop it out is one of the most degrading things to the cops who. I mean, to your point, Jerry, like the Boston Bruins Foundation, it's almost built on alumni hockey games right. and police departments and firefighters. Like, fuck you. Can you tell me, I, tell me, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. Is it this simple that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd? So the Bruins are supposed to hate cops. Can you help me with that? Yes, I mean, the, the police are now a slur. Well, Absolutely. So, so some asshole in the front office of the Boston Bruins says, no, we cannot have a police emblem on our shirt or on a hat. We must hate the Boston police because mm -hmm. one bad cop in Minneapolis. That's where the difference what? comes. I think no, be, no, because that's not of how they digested it. They think that that happens 50 times a day. Okay. That, that it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, and I have right. no tolerance for ignorance. If you're so ignorant, if you think it happens, if you think there's an epidemic of police brutality in Boston, you're wrong. You're mm -hmm. stupid, or you're dishonest. That's your, that. There's no other way around it. You can't tell me that we have to hate cops because some guy in Minneapolis, some bad apple, killed one guy in Minneapolis. So we in Boston, we have to hate the BPD. No, that but it's because it's because on Twitter it happens millions of times every day. That's the only reason this is <laughs> happening. It is because they are caving to the Twitter mob and the Karens of the world, and that's what the, it's not the actual incident. You brought this up all the time. It's it, it's 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 just absurd. It's so well, right. Well, and you hate. also got people locked down, and you've got you guilty upper class white people in, in neighborhoods who want to feel good about themselves and somehow eke out an endorphin rush during this time where everybody's locked down and you're feeling extra anxiety. I'm sure they're they're taking 18 different psychotropic uh, medications anyway, and they want to rush. And so they've been told by cultural forces that this is the new reality, and you can be a warrior in this. You can be somebody noble and join the fight. You can stop or at least demonstrate physically. You can go out and do it and put it on Facebook that you're part of the revolution that's going to stop the carnage and the wanton killing of blacks every day that's happening at the at the hands of cops. Yeah, there is no there's no uh, epidemic of police brutality. That's a lie. There is no systemic racism. That is a lie. Uh, until we get to that point where we question this this blanket uh, indictment of all the cops and the system, it's all pointless. I mean. I and and it's it's this is also part of the story. If you still think you have an honest media, I mean, I don't know who still thinks the Boston Globe is a real newspaper, but get you got to read Turtle Boy and ask yourself why. It's a great story. It's it's. it's I'm sure he's getting a million clicks. It is going to get picked up by national outlets, not you know mainstream ones, but national conservative outlets will pick it up, and you will have and and the Globe will cover it up. The Globe will cover it up. They will cover up for this. They don't cover news. They are, uh, the, again, the media wing of the woke mob. They will try to protect Matt Chimura 
the social justice warrior in the Bruins front office. If it went the other way, you know, if it was a right winger in, you know, in, in the Bruins front office, they would write about it every day and demand his firing. That's, and people on Twitter were demanding the firing of this guy. And I don't think, I don't demand anyone's firing, but if they did fire him, I'd say, Hey, wow, the rules work both ways. Cause if he were a right winger, he'd have been fired already. Mm -hmm. He'd have been fired yesterday. It was crazy. It's this bending of reality that you can't have this stuff without, you know, without the suburbs, without, you know, the housewives who now hate Trump buy into this. So now you've got this, the country is essentially in, all caught up in the Stockholm syndrome where they're believing all this crap. It's a total bending of reality. You know, it was in 2008 or whatever it was. Remember, Papabon would fist bump that cop out there, this cop who, yeah, who would like raise Exactly. And it was cute and whatever, because, you know, he was a... You think the Red Sox is any sign of that in the in the back front office of the Red Sox right God, now? God no, God no. They they they're making it sure that they don't get associated with the cops. They yeah, they'll lead the charge. John Henry, Sam Kennedy, they'll lead the charge in making sure they distance themselves from the cops and making sure that they think cops are bad. Cops are bad. Right. Just like just like they think Red Sox fans are bad. Red Sox fans are all racist. Cops are all racist. They will try to distance themselves from them. I promise you. But right. uh, Cullinane's happy because his heroes at Spit and Chicklets talked about it. You think they did a good job? Is that your take on this? Cullinane? I do. I do think they good, did, did a good, did a job. good job. Yeah, I'm I, hearing echo there, Shaq. But I do think they did a good job because they they covered kind of all angles of it. They didn't have to. They're a niche hockey podcast. They didn't have to. Why not? It's a good story. Why do you say that? If, well, if they're a hockey podcast, and there's and if there's I a said good this to you story. last week. We live we live in a fucking bubble. There's you. There's Kirk. There's you know maybe one or two other people in the world that cover stories like this. Most people don't. They talk hockey games every day, so they don't have to do something like this. I respect it when they do, and I thought that they covered it the right way. They shit all over. Uh, Biz just absolutely piled on Matt Porter. Oh, Biz uh, in, did. In a, yeah, he just crushed him. So, which must be the most degrading thing ever for a hockey nerd like Matt Porter, who just worships hockey guys like that. So, it was fantastic. I couldn't believe yesterday, you know, and I, I'm friends with people who are just obsessed with the Bruins. Nobody knew about this story. Nobody. You well, know, they should wake up and start reading Turtle Boy because it's a great story. I mean, I'm telling you, this is what he does best exposing frauds like Matt Chimura of the Boston Bruins. And I think. I was surprised because even if he is a big liberal and even if he hates cops, that he would do this as part of his job because hockey people aren't like this. You think a lot of spit and chicklets listeners, a lot of, you know, big hockey fans, guys like you, Colony, don't like cops. You think they all, I mean, you think they, they, they relate to black lives matter activists or Antifa? Of course not. There's no crossover. Hockey guys, don't hate cops. Hockey guys like cops. They appreciate cops. They're good. They're good Americans. If right? you put if you put that shirt, like if you just went to BostonBruins.com and put the shirt that Charlie Coyle was wearing next to, like if it was just a Bruins logo in that spot or the BPD Bruins logo, I guarantee you more people would purchase the BPD, BPD one. Honestly, right. I really believe that. So I think that they are not happy today, or at least they shouldn't be, with Matt Chamorro and the organization. This guy's got power. He's got enough power to do this, to do this, to order this photoshopping, to do to to make it clear that the 
Bruins are going to distance themselves from the Boston Police Department. I but, love uh, the personality type, Jerry, that you talked about. He complained about workers not having masks on. Oh, it's it's perfectly the personality type because remember in, in Melrose, Massachusetts, where they dared to say all lives matter on a police sign and then they had to investigate the police investigated and the mayor apologized to the world etc and you know that's the same if you go on their facebook page a community group there's always somebody complaining about landscapers starting early in the morning starting at seven o'clock they woke me up with leaf blowers with leaf blowers exactly and of course the landscapers who very often are visitors to this land from other countries you know (laughs) those are the only hours they can do it and not boil in the sun but no, 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 no. These, these, uh, you know, middle class, upper class uh, white people, like, oh God, I have to hear that. Why don't they wait until three o'clock when it's 104 degrees and then do it? But it's just it, they're all the same kind of person. Should we hear from I, Wit and Biz? Yeah, I, 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 I encourage people to. Uh, I encourage people to go to uh, TB Daily News and read this because you're not going to believe what a douche this guy is, and it's uh, it's amazing that the Bruins have given him this kind of power, the Bruins ownership. Hopefully uh, they do something about it because I think Bruins fans appreciate cops and do not want to uh, join the mob in demonizing cops. But yeah, let's hear from some of uh, Cullinan's heroes on the spit and chicklets podcast. Biz, how about the message that Tuka Rask began this by wearing a Boston police hat? He has many friends on Boston Police. Brendan Walsh, Brian Yendo, they're Boston Police. They've been on our show. These guys are, are, are great people, and these guys are Bruins fans, and a part of they've done many things with the Bruins, and he's getting shit from the reporter. That's one thing. That reporter's a clown. The team, what are you doing? You're, you're gonna, you're, so you're going to take off a logo on Charlie Coyle. So Charlie Coyle is proud to wear this shirt. You're going to take the logo off his shirt and put an Instagram out, out, uh, uh, picture out. So what? People, people who think that because these guys have police hats on, they're scumbags, people, those people will well, be happy? With, what? I, I, I think it's crazy, too, and I'm on your side about this. But in the other breath, it's like I don't necessarily blame the Boston Bruins because what they're trying to do is is protect a guy like Charlie Coyle and Tuka Rask from this fucking outcry from a guy who has a voice at a newspaper. But those guys are wearing that on their own. Those guys are I, proud to wear it. Listen. I don't have any issue with those guys wearing something supporting police officers. And that's where you kind of lose me in the whole messaging. If you're the other side of the argument, like this guy from the Boston, what is he from the Boston Herald? No, the Boston globe, Boston globe. It's just like, you gotta like, like you can't reason with these people. They're on line, stirring things up to pander to their audience all day long. And that's why like, to me, to me, the whole social media, specifically Twitter has been ruined. You can't go on there and say anything nowadays without them trying to correlate it to something and attach it to whatever their narrative is. I think it's absolute bullshit, but I also think it's just the Bruins trying to protect their young guys at these fucking idiots online trying to stir up whatever political issue they're trying to stir up. All right. That's that. Which guy's that? Which guy's I the could, last? I could never produce that show. I would be six to midnight all day. Uh, it's That was uh, biz at the end. And biz. that was biz, and Ryan Whitney was at the beginning. So. And these guys have like a million uh, oh. downloads a day. They're a beast. They're, they're a beast. They're a beast. They're a beast. Um, I, I guess 
See, I blame the Bruins. I blame the Bruins, the ones who did this. The Bruins, the ones who photoshopped the shirt. I mean, you have to blame the Bruins. You can be specific and blame Matt Chimura, but certainly you have to blame the Bruins. And they're not young guys. They're adults. They should be able to stand up and say, yeah, I stand up. That's the problem. People are afraid. Tuka Rask, a grown man, a guy who supposedly, you know, can handle the pressure of playing goalie in the NHL, can't handle the pressure of defending the Boston police of saying, yeah, I like them. I support them. They're friends of mine. He can't do that. Why not? I'm impressed with those guys, those those two dudes. But you you got to think in the organization, they've probably all gotten memos saying that we need to um, li- listen more and we need to, to concentrate on the systems out there that are inequitable and that, um, you know, acknowledge our privilege a little bit more. And all this crazy crap. Every company has gotten this stuff. Everybody sent this out, this kind of thing out. It's been codified now into something that's actually happening in the well, culture. Tom, it's fine if you want to say we got to be more sensitive and Black Lives Matter and play along with that. But why do you have to hate cops? I don't get it. I don't get I, it. I don't get it. It's part of it. I mean, you're not allowed to push back against the idea that that black people are being killed in the street by cops. Okay. I, it's crazy. It's insane it's psychotic but i guess we're only a half a step there and then the covid and the lockdown and all this stuff we, we're all we're all larping anyway now every day we're all pretending we don't know how you know effective face masks are we're all this we don't know we're lying about the what happened with bending the curve and this and that and we're patting ourselves in the back up in the northeast because we all got wiped out you know three months ago now we're now casting judgment on Florida, whose death rate is below, you know, all these states up here. Way below. Um, we're all this. We're all pretending so much now, anyway, that it's not hard to nudge you just one more step, so that we're not in reality. And you got to, you got to think, Photoshop sales must be through the roof this year between the Bruins and the Red Sox. You know, putting uh, MLK and Chaim and Hayam Bloom's pockets <laughs> between. I mean, this year. If, Invest in Photoshop and invest in companies that remove graffiti. And and if you're in the Northeast, invest in coffins, actually, because um, it's been uh, the the COVID has annihilated. I'm I'm going to invest in little tiny coffins for like kindergarten kids who are going to go to school and they're going to die. The teachers union told me that the teachers union, they're now uh, holding uh, protests where they have little gravestones. With children's names on them, six, six, seven-year-olds' names, because if we force them to, you know, do their jobs, children will die. That's the new outcry from these 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 friggin' phonies in the teachers' union who are lying to you because they want to keep two things. They, I always say, it's all about stopping Trump, beating Trump, and it is, but it's about that and keeping the vacation going. If you're a teacher, if you're a teacher in the teachers' union. It's about keeping the vacation going. So they lie to you and tell you children will die. Children won't die. Children don't die. They know it. But it, uh, it's a great battle cry to keep, keep the vacation going and to stop the evil orange man. But here's another narrative that die, that's going to die. I want to get to this George Floyd video that the Daily Mail released yesterday, a two-minute video, which is uh, remarkable. And there's one narrative that's kind of dies with this video that kind of doesn't hold up. And we'll get to that after I tell you about Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete is a fourth generation owned and operated business that's working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. 
You know about this company. It's a great company, a local company. It's all over New England. Got four state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around New England, and they're all great places to work. So maybe that's a place for you. Maybe that's something you should do. Check out the jobs at Shea Concrete. I'll get to that, though. First, if you're a contractor, let me tell, tell you some of the products Shake and deliver to your job site ready for installation, like today or tomorrow, real quick. Water and wastewater products, underwater stormwater systems, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. These guys can do it all. And if you're an engineer, let me tell you what else they can do. They can help you design your next project. They can sit down with you in front of the computer and help you figure this whole thing out. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. And the only, the other thing you can do there is look at the job openings. These guys are cranking. Business is good. The concrete business is good. And maybe if you're one of these people who's lost their job during this lockdown, uh, maybe this is the place for you. Maybe this is the bounce back job you're looking for. Check it out at shakeconcrete.com or just send your resume to jobs at shakeconcrete.com. How many times, by the way, do you think that the Boston Bruins or the TD Guard, I know you're going off, sorry, but how many times do you think that they had to utilize the resources of the Boston Police Department last (laughs) year or the year before? Like how many times? Well, I I hope the cops, and maybe not in this instance, I like when I hear about cops fighting back like they're refusing to work details for the Democrat convention, which probably won't even happen. It'll probably be virtual anyway, but they are seeing what the Democrats are doing. They're using police as a wedge issue saying, you know, we have to defund. By the way, I don't even understand why Republicans go along with this police reform, why they go along with these, you know, uh, qualified immunity, get rid of qualified immunity. Screw that. Defend the cops. Right now is the time they need you. If you're a politician, if you're a city manager, city councilor, you should be defending the, 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 police department in your town we see what happens when you don't we see what happens when you defund them crime is soaring in all these cities where they're defunding the police particularly in new york city where they're defund where they got rid of the plain clothes unit it's going to come back by the way because people are scared you'll right. never see you'll never see an, an, an interview on the street man on the street interview with someone who lives in the community or works in the community who says yeah i want to get rid of cops that those those are people in the suburbs. Those are people in, in Wellesley mm-hmm. oh, who are sitting back, you know, these limo liberals saying, yeah, the police are killing unarmed black kids. Let's get rid of them. The people in the city, they don't want, they don't want to get rid of cops. They want more cops. They need cops, and they know it. But uh, hopefully it's people like the Bruins will wake up and say, no, we're not going along with the mob. Wear your, wear your cop hat. Wear your cop shirt. Let's honor the cops. They should do it. I don't even know. Let's make a uh, – can we make like a, a, a Jerry Callahan show, support the cops T-shirt or something? Maybe I should work on that. Can I do that? I should go to the next one of these back the blue rallies. I'd like to go to one of them if we have them, if we're allowed Definitely. to have them in Boston. I know they have them in other cities, but I don't think the, uh, the mob is going to like this new George Floyd video. And I'll tell you why it's disturbing. He is a mess. He is he claiming over and over again that he's claustrophobic, that he can't get in the car. He can't get in the in the cruiser after they arrest him. He's clearly on something. He's clearly paranoid, delusional. Um, but there's not there's one thing missing. It's a two minute video, correct? Do I have that right? Two minute video. Yep. yep. There's one thing missing, clearly missing from this, even with Chauvin who is a bad guy, I have no doubt. 
One thing missing. You guys know what it is? No. There is no mention of race. There's no racial element. There's no racism in this. None. They don't ever mention race. There's no racial slurs. Nobody, nobody the, the, all the cops here, even George Floyd doesn't mention his, mention race. There is no mention of race. There's no racial element in this. <laughs> it's also going to help um, the prosecution, I mean, hurt the prosecution of the cops because, as you know, Keith Ellison wanted it to be first-degree murder, and you're going to hear, see this, and you're going to say, there's no you know, premeditation here. I mean, there's, it's a situation that got out of control that a guy who just was resisting from the beginning, he just didn't want to get in the car. He didn't want to cooperate, but it is sad more than anything else, especially when you're thinking this is the guy's final moments on earth. It's kind of sad because he is pretty disoriented. Let me see your other hand. Let me see your other hand. Both hands. system uh along with marijuana and meth that affects you know your respiratory system mm-hmm. i don't see if they literally pursue first degree murder i guess he'll get convicted chauvin will get convicted of something i don't think he'll ever see the light of day but what if he what if there's any kind of acquittal this is gonna make what happened you know the first go round look like uh playtime it's going to be insane yeah. it's going to be insane if any of these well, i shouldn't say any of these if chauvin walks gets acquitted on any count people are going to just burn stuff down all over again and he could get acquitted on one account he's dead to rights on uh, certainly the equivalent of second degree murder i think um but those guys the other cops they could certainly go free there's no doubt about that 
so Ellison went in there. He bigfooted the the DA, and he went in there and he rewrote uh, the complaint, the criminal complaint. So what they contended was the truth and was the narrative of the timeline of, of events. What the original DA did, the Attorney General Keith Ellison went in and bigfooted it, erased stuff, and changed stuff. So now you've got inconsistencies in the state's case against the cops. So that is a, not a good sign. In, in, in any good, you know, any good uh, attorney is going to um, is going to be able to to use that. I, and so I think that these other guys will 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 skate. I, I think right. uh, Durham, jurors tend to side with cops who are mm -hmm. doing their jobs. And if the other cops walk, uh, the other three, and there's a good chance of it, um, what does that lead to? If they get one conviction, it's Chauvin, he goes away. But the other three go free. I mean, they rioted in Ferguson, and Darren Wilson did his job. I mean, was acquitted, uh, acquitted, was exonerated right. by the Obama Justice Department, by Eric Holder. He was, uh, Michael Brown tried to kill him. Big Mike Brown tried to kill him, and he did what he had to do. And he, you know, lost his job or whatever. He mm -hmm. left time to leave town. But, I mean, that was, that was perfectly legal and justified. In this case, if you acquit the other three on whatever charge, is that going to lead to more mayhem and uh, are they going to destroy the city all over again? Well, so it matters, first of all, who's president at the time. I Good think point. If, if Biden's president, then you won't see all of the propagandic forces of uh, the media and other uh, influencers uh, calling for a revolution. Um, and it, it also, uh, it's, it's going to be trouble. It also matters, by the way, if by then the, you know, middle-class folks from Wellesley are still into this game that they've been enjoying you know they went through the craze where we you know in in 1992 where everything became clear pepsi clear and everything was clear and then that went away and then they all wore Livestrong bracelets for a number of years and then that all went away so this is another uh, you know accessory so if they're sick of this accessory of virtue signaling in in showing what a good person they are in facebook then th this won't have the this won't have the power that that, that well you know what you know what's going to happen Tom at some point they're going to go back to climate change they're going to go back to right. you know, the, the the people in the, the suburbs the wealthy uh, limo liberals are going to go back to climate change and forget all about uh, systemic racism so maybe you're right if Biden's president and this kind of fades it's not as trendy it won't be as big a deal, but that's why they're, you know, the pro the DA in Louisville's not uh, pressing charges against the cops in the Breonna Taylor. That's not why it's one of the reasons is that he thinks that he can't get a conviction. And if he doesn't, if he presses charges and they get acquitted, then you have probably problems coast to coast all over again, not just in Louisville. You have it all over the place and the, and the NBA guys will be stoking the flames and, you know, the people who live in the inner city and have businesses, they're the ones who will pay the price again. Well, <laughs> you know what? I want to expand on what we said. You're right, Jerry. And if that happens, if these guys get off, it's not just, let's say Joe Biden wins. Well, if Joe Biden wins, obviously that means it's his vice president who wins. If that vice president is Liz Warren or is Kamala Harris or is um, Bass, it, then you have somebody who's going to be going by the doctrine of Black Lives Matter and can only really can only if they're sticking to the doctrine uh, encourage more peaceful protests right because they've already said that this has been a very good thing you know we've had a national reckoning finally finally for, uh, a conversation yes. 
yes, we're learning about systems, and finally we're listening, and we're seeing black people for the first time, Jerry. You've never seen black people before. So now we're seeing them, and we're hearing them for the first yeah, time. We're listening. In- we're listening. Right. <laughs> that's right. So this has been something, a cathartic experience for the country that's been very healthy with no downside. It's not as if there's been a spike in crime, you know, in black neighborhoods by 200 and 300 percent, which is causing, um, you know, the cessation of black lives by the hundreds more than ever la- there was last year. So, yeah, if this is spun into um, into this, the, what we what happened in the summer of 2020, which I contend has been the worst summer for black Americans since the 1960s. Because the the neighborhoods now are uninhabitable and there's crime or rampant, the cops now are have been either backed off or are backing off for their own to save their own lives. Um, and then the economy, of course, is tanked because uh, we've been told that we need to um, we need to suffocate the economy to kill the virus. Even though up here we suffocated the economy and we didn't kill the virus in other states down south, where we're laughing at those states now, they didn't suffocate the economy. And they did a better job at killing the, getting rid of the virus than and, we did. And in Sweden, they didn't shut down anything, and they're doing a better job than we did. We know if you're paying attention, you know lock, lockdowns don't work. All they do is give more power to uh, out-of-control tyrants like Charlie Baker or Andrew Cuomo or Philip Murphy. They don't work. They didn't work. We know that now. We can never, ever, ever go back to locking down again. It's madness. And and we probably wouldn't be at this extreme if it weren't for the election coming up. It's all about the election. Kids, if this weren't an election year, the kids would be heading back to school. They'd all be picking out new backpacks right now and getting new sneakers. Your kids would be ready to go to school, and so would every, everyone else's kids. But if there's more important things at play here, you got to stop the evil orange men. <laughs> all right, two things I want to get to before we're done here. Um um, to, and it's and they're kind of related. They're kind of related. Um, Dan Lebertard's a big uh, star in ESPN. He's as woke as they get. He's a, you know, that's why he's got like six jobs at ESPN. Even though his his show, his TV show, is one of the worst t- television shows in the history of TV, um, where he sits there and makes fun of his father. It's 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 awful. But he has always got a place at ESPN because he's as woke as they get. He's as liberal as they get. He hates Trump. He hates cops. All the usual stuff. That 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 uh, gives you job security to ESPN. Yesterday on his show, they did a poll um, where they asked, it, it, and it's it's so sickening to me. But hey, that's uh, okay because again, he's a good liberal; he could do this. He asked if it, you would. I'm looking at the poll right now. Did you put that up, uh, Dave? I, I just did. Tough to read, uh, but it's the there. Guy, the guy who uh, blew out his knee, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac Orlando Magic, he stood for the anthem. That, that the guy's a hero in 2020. Showed great courage. The rest of the team, the rest of the league, took a knee. I believe he's one of two guys to stand. He did it because he's a Christian. He doesn't bow before you know take a knee, bow before Colin Kaepernick. He bows before Jesus Christ. Is pretty much what he said. To me, he's a hero. We talked about it. I mean, I, his, people started buying his jersey. By the way. He's just a guy on the Orlando Magic who had the guts to stand. Well, two days later, he blew out his ACL in a game. I don't know if you're aware of this. They're playing NBA games down in Orlando. And Deb, Dan Lebertard, this load, put out a poll question, said, is it funny that the guy who refused to kneel immediately blew out his knee? Is it funny? That's how much these people hate patriotism. That's how much they hate the country. I mean, has anyone benefited from 
you know, the American dream, live the American dream more than Dan Lebatard, this load, uh, sits down in Florida and, and, and giggles and, and doesn't get any ratings anywhere. And yet he's somehow, uh, you know, is all in on, on, on Kaepernick and all the rest of the Right. You know, but isn't that, player, isn't that player a black life? Jerry? He's a black life and he's not oh. dead, but he's, you know, careers. I've, I believe this is the second time he's tore up his knee. And, you know, it is devastating. He'll be out for for the it's year. It's very telling how top of mind and tip of the tongue uh, liberals have, uh, you know, this all of this ammo ready to disparage and detract uh, against black people when they don't agree with them. Like this doctor, you know, with the hydrochloroquine last week, the woman from from Africa, how instantly she wasn't just wrong, but she was a crazy, psychotic person who shouldn't even be practicing medicine. Good liberals, yeah. man, when they get angry, the racism and uh, the vitriol is not harnessed ever. They are ready to destroy you, destroy you if you deviate at all, at all. And this is another example. It's the results, which is probably the most disturbing thing. I'm sure Levitard's fans are all, you know, as woke as he is. They all hate America, love Kaepernick, the usual, uh, usual suspects. Um, 9,000 votes in the poll. Uh is it funny that Jonathan Isaac blew out his knee? Yes, 46%. No, 54%. 9,000 votes. So about you know, more than 4,000 people said, yes, it's funny that a guy who didn't want to take a knee because he's a Christian and he didn't believe in it, um, who, didn't, who also said he didn't believe in Black Lives Matter because he's not a Marxist, they think it's funny that his career might be ruined, that he tore up his knee and will be going in for surgery and will be on you know, rehabbing for a year. That's the kind of people we're dealing with. These are terrible, terrible people. But in, uh, but in and, fairness, we to your point, we know where they stand politically and true. you know on the issue. And the pathetic thing is actually apologizing for it. So if you think it's funny, or you know what I mean, or if you think it's karma in this situation, stand by it because we know you do. You it, know? I know yeah. they didn't even say you know. Do you think it's karma? They said it's funny. Like yeah. you see a guy tear up his ACL, and you think it's funny. It's funny. Was it funny? Like if he didn't like Alex Smith, the Redskins QB, was it funny that he tore up, broke his leg? I mean, is that funny? Just insane. At the same time, at the same time, on the same day, I'll tell you, Levitard's in no trouble at all. All his producers, whoever was part of that. And uh, the guy who uh, thinks Lawrence is a lovely town. What's his name? Stugatz. That -hmm. guy. They're not in no trouble at all because, you know, again, it's ESPN. They're all good woke liberals, so they can do things like this. No repercussions, no, no, no blowback at all. But I tell you, who is in trouble? The guy at the Navy Seal Museum in Florida. I didn't even know there was a Navy Seal Museum, but this v- video went viral yesterday. At the Navy Seal Museum, they did an uh, exhibition with attack dogs, where the guy was like he had the, the protection, the pads on his mm-hmm. arms, and they were showing how these dogs that work with the Navy Seals go after, bring down whatever, terrorists or drug dealers or whoever, bad guys. And they put the guy who was going to be attacked in a Colin Kaepernick jersey. So this is a big deal. This was all of this got the, you know, woke Twitter all in an uproar. Again, you cannot desecrate St. Colin. You cannot slander St. Colin. Well, Jerry, I mean, he's, he's a God to them. He hates America. He hates cops. He loves Castro. He, he, he he salutes and honors cop killers. That guy somehow is untouchable. 
infallible. Jerry, I don't, I don't, I would say that it's, it was an unwise uh, symbolism was reached there. First of all, a dog, sicking dogs on a black person um, is, uh, brings up uh, some imagery of events that really did happen. And, uh, and now with Kaepernick, I would say that was a dumbass move by the Navy SEALs. And I, 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 would, I, I would say I would agree. It was a dumbass move. But let me ask you this. What if it was a cop? In the, and maybe the Navy SEAL guy was a cop. But what if it was a police exhibition where they were showing how the police dogs attack bad guys? And not a Navy SEAL. Just play with, play along with me. So that cop, isn't he allowed to hate Kaepernick? Because Kaepernick hates him. We know that. Kaepernick <laughs> hates him. Why does it only work one way? Kaepernick, again honored a woman who assassinated a cop. Kaepernick wore the cop pig socks. Kaepernick said cops are no different from the guys 150 years ago, 200 years ago, who chased down, hunted down runaway slaves. Mm -hmm. He didn't say some cops. He said all cops. He hates cops. Are cops not allowed to hate him back? Well, they're allowed to hate him back, but not well on the clock. You know, they're supposed to be the protectors of everybody in the community. Including Kaepernick, even though he is a jerk. So, so but wait till you're off the clock and and do your own thing. I guess everybody, everybody, Navy SEALs and everyone else is uh, distancing themselves from this guy. Um, but to me, I mean, what if I, I think of and and you're right, it's a terrible image to have a black guy and uh, or the jersey of the black guy. But but I'm thinking of you know what if it were I don't know some other sports villain if it were Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And they put Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod jersey on him. Um, what if it were, I don't know, who's another sports villain? Um, what if it were Tom Brady? Because most of the country hates well, you, Tom Brady. Yeah, but you would attribute it to sports, like a stupid little, uh, you know. Yeah, Brady would be a that's Colin Kaepernick isn't an athlete anymore. Colin well, Kaepernick that's the point of the yeah, jersey. Yeah. It's a football yeah. jersey. It's right. a football player. I mean, that's what it is. It's a jersey from the sport that he played. If it were Tom Brady jersey, would there be any uproar? Or is it just about race? Uh, there would be no uproar. And same with A Rod. I think there'd be no uproar whatsoever. So it is. Yes, it's about it's about race, it's especially now because you can't deny the the conversation happening publicly. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a, it's not it's not the end of the world. I mean, if I were in the organization. There, I would say, really, you had to do this crap right, right. now where it's, where it's on oh, me. It's definitely tone deaf and stupid. Right. But, but uh, I mean, whoever, I don't even know, the guy who did it works at the museum and mm-hmm. he'll be fired, uh, probably already f- is fired, and they will you know, probably fire everybody who was involved. It's a terrible look. It's a terrible visual. But, again, I, I, I want to know why Kaepernick is allowed to hate people, hate cops, uh, and they can't. It's so funny, back. Jerry. You and uh, Aiden talked about this yesterday. Kaepernick is nowhere to be found. Nowhere Never. to be found. Never. He's the symbolic head of this whole thing. He's nowhere to be found. So that leaves a vacuum in the real leadership, which brings in Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and these guys who are all in a, probably in their seventies or, or older now. So, it, like, where is this guy? Where is Cap? Is this guy? Well, I, I mean, I know you haven't paid as close attention as I have because he's, you know, was a big story in sports and sports mm-hmm. radio for years. He's never accountable. He's never available to answer questions. Even the fake tryout he had with the NFL last year, he controlled everything. He had his own camera guys there. It was a, it was an ad. It was a commercial right. chance to promote his brand. 
He moved the, the, the workout to a different field because he didn't want the NFL to control it. He doesn't want to play. He was just promoting Nike. He, you know, his products are made by slaves, made by Uyghur, Uyghur Muslim slaves in China. Doesn't care about that. Doesn't care about uh, uh, the oppression of people in China or anywhere else for that matter, Cuba. All he cares about is his brand and it's working, man. LeBron James, the biggest star in sports right now, after opening day in the NBA, said, I hope Colin's proud of us. I hope this is unemployed, cop-hating demagogue. That's his first thought. I hope he's proud of us. Not And, and by the way, Jonathan Isaac, he, he, he worships God, Jesus. LeBron James worships Colin Kaepernick. That's the difference. And it's, it's so oddly, what a paternal thing to say, too. You know, I hope you're proud of us. Be, the guy has not done anything. I, I would be, it would be better, or it would make more sense. That just shows you that this is just simply, simply a cultural phenomenon that's happening right now, and it's just been fueled by the, everybody being shut in, people not knowing, not knowing how to handle it. A constant barrage of media propaganda, which makes people think that they're living under siege of a madman in the White House, and it's all come to the. I'm just disappointed that we're like this is how it ends. We're this stupid in this country. It is. It is amazing that you're under siege and the, uh, the narrative now is let's get rid of cops as violence spikes. And, you know, people are, it's like, uh, you know, Fallujah in Chicago. And the answer our leaders or half our leaders have is, you know what, let's get rid of cops because of systemic racism. Well, it, it, morons like LeBron James play along with the narrative. He says, Black guys can't leave their house without being hunted down. I mean, it's total yeah. <laughs> garbage, total fiction, but he's a leader and he's, it a, is. he's a good woke liberal. So people think somehow LeBron is uh, is uh, telling them the truth, telling them what they need to hear. It's kind of sad. Yeah. And you wait, you know, in, in your town, in Charlestown, Jerry, you know, where where the people, the the young, uh, you know, white professionals moved in and demanded that the Navy be quiet and stop shooting the cannons in, on the USS Constitution. Those people are right now. It's only a matter of time. If Joe Biden wins, that, those cannons will stop on the USS Constitution. They still go off every night at, every night at sunset. Scares the hell out of my dog. You got to make sure he's in the house and not outside. We, you know, we walk by there all the time and uh, occasionally we time it wrong and the cannons go off and it just rattles, you know, rattles your teeth. It's so loud. Yes. It does not, the dog does not like it. Does not like it. So he, my dog's Toby's with the liberals. He wants to get rid of the cannons, <laughs> but you're right. It's just, there's no end to it. We think we've reached peak madness, peak insanity. And then along comes the Boston Bruins to Photoshop a t-shirt and you say, Holy crap. It's crazier than ever. It's going to get worse. At least until November third, it's going to get worse and worse, and we'll be here to to talk about it. To well, in two days from now, it. Jerry is the anniversary, of course, of the Holocaust over Japan by the United States. That's true. If we will, uh, your prediction is next year, if Biden yeah. wins, we will apologize to the uh, to the Japanese people. We will apologize one year from tomorrow, or whatever it is, to the, the six uh, two to two days, six, two days from now, uh, we will be apologizing next year at this time. Right. Right. Well, especially if there's any kind of uh, pandemic. I mean, we're, we're going to have to cycle through all the stuff that we that we have to reckon, you know, in all of our history, which certainly will mean all of the wars. 
um, in the atomic bomb. I mean, Alex Reamer already believes that. He believed that we <laughs> debated this five years ago. He already believes that it, that it was a, a, an unneeded act of aggression that, you know, had you just uh, landed at the beaches, um, you know, in Tokyo, that you could just take it over in, in the Japanese. Yeah. We're going to let you right in. Oh, you we know? could have. It would just would have cost, you know, 10 million lives. American lives, uh, but uh, and Japanese, as a matter of fact, you would have had to. They were fighting to the death. Just I, I think. The, I think we. I think we, that caused a lot of Japanese lives the way we did it, but it didn't. Well, it didn't kill American lives, which is more important. Let's be honest. It was war. But anyway, yeah. By, well, by the way, spe- speaking of five years ago, Jerry, how come you haven't commented on a story that you broke five, six years ago that BuzzFeed is getting all the credit for now? How come you haven't commented on the Ellen DeGeneres story? Probably because we can't hear you. So that's good. That is a rare good point by you. Um, You should have hijacked the uh, the Newsmax interview last night. You should have said, I'm not talking about Trump. I want to talk about how I'm getting no credit for Ellen DeGeneres being a disgusting human being. I feel like uh, Turtle Boy. You know, people never give him credit for the stories he breaks. But uh, Minahan and I, I think Dina was still around, too, at that point. We, We broke the story that Ellen DeGeneres is evil. Not no bad, not uh, moody, evil. She's a horrible human being surrounded by other horrible human beings. Uh, I know I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again since no one seems to want to give us credit. Sam Thomas was a uh, Jimmy Fun kid, nice kid, going through an extremely tough time. I forget exactly how old he was when he went out there, 13 or 14. He was stuck, obviously, in the hospital, stuck in infusion room too often and what he did was watch ellen so he got hooked and became a big ellen fan and before he uh passed away he wanted to go out and meet ellen see the show and meet ellen that's all that's all he wanted to do so we reached out his town in new hampshire those people really rallied around him they paid i believe they did some fundraisers got a flight out for him and his father to go out hotel the whole deal go to the show he was in the show at the show in the audience we and everybody else who had a, any connection at all requested with Ellen a chance to say hi. Just say hi. Just go over and say hi. She wouldn't do it. She couldn't be bothered. Her assistant, who, by the way, is now in big trouble um, for sexual assault and harassment and everything else, uh, he told us she, she gets lots of requests. He can't, she can't talk to every kid with cancer. That's what he's told us. She's too busy. She literally walked 10 feet away from him, like walked by. And the kid was sitting there, bald head, gaunt, sick with his dad, I believe. And she said, no, can't be bothered, couldn't say hi. And they tried to make the best of it. They said, yeah, you had a good time, good trip. And it was fun to see the show. But she wouldn't deign to say hello to a dying child. She is evil. And the stories of people... Like you can't look at her. They, the, the people who work for her are ordered to avert their eyes. She would berate people. Her assistant would berate people and she would laugh. She's a monster. And the world is finally learning the truth about Ellen. And now they're saying she might quit the show. She makes like 50 million a year, but she might quit because quit. they are, uh, they're under the gun and her assistants are all in trouble for, and one of them is a gay guy. I'm not sure. He's accused of sexually assault, harassing all the guys. Uh, and then the other ones are not gay. And he's accused of sexually assaulting all the women. So they have everything covered. 
she but, dances, Jerry. She dances oh, yeah, right. for the she first dances. few minutes, and then and, she took that selfie during the Oscars a few years ago. She's oh, a right. great person. And and by the way, Howard Stern, the biggest sellout in media history, told her he really loved the way she danced. Howard knows <laughs> the truth about her, and he had her well, on the show and kissed her. You know ass. how we know we know how we know she's an evil, evil person because not one of the Hollywood elites that go on her show every freaking month to promote their new item has come out and defended her. Like where is uh, Justin Timberlake or Jennifer Anderson? Nobody is saying anything because they know she is a horrific human being. You know what? That's true because they, they, everyone knew it was not, we were talking to people, getting email texts from people who were saying, yeah, I worked for her. Or my friend worked for her, or my girlfriend. And, and this is the way she is. It's not, a real deep dark secret. People know this in Hollywood, and they're they they were wondering how long it would take for people to find out. And by the way, her reputation is the polar opposite of the truth. So she's supposed to be this caring, kind. She cries. You know, she does charitable things for animals. She's a monster. And finally, the world is finding out. And I like to see that. You like to see. And she stole like the Oprah playbook too to give all of her guests gifts. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, like she was literally like buying their, you know, love and adoration. It was just, yeah. Well, we had, I mean, we, you could see the signs that she was probably somebody who was immoral. Cause remember, she talked last year to George W. Bush in the, in the box at a That's football true. game. At the Cowboys game, she sat next to him. She that was, was civil. Ooh. So that right there told me there was something up with her. I'm not surprised um, by any of this stuff, but but, but she, good job. I hope BuzzFeed keeps on it because it's uh, you just love to see people get their comeuppance. <laughs> well, and that's how this thing this this what cultural- world what, what world do we live in where somebody should utter the words "I hope BuzzFeed keeps on it"? Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of focusing on you know which friends cast member are you today? Like why is BuzzFeed like, breaking it's the same thing with, to bring this all together? This circle. Uh, same thing with Matt Chamorro, the Bruins VP. You just like to see people get exposed, people who are not what they present themselves to be, phonies, Karens, you know, bullies. That's what these right. people are. Matt Chamorro bullying construction workers who are out working on a hot day, and he's bullying them because they're not wearing their masks. Maybe they have trouble breathing. It's so hot. They're working so hard, but he doesn't care. He pulls in his air-conditioned Audi with his latte and, and and sits down and sends an angry email to the friggin' town manager. Despicable guy. You can read all about that again at TV Daily News. I well, highly recommend it. That's how Andy, this probably comes to an end. If it does come to an end, it will be uh, it, the progressive wacko civil war. And when they go at each other, you know, this idiot from the globe who wrote about, uh, who wrote about Tuka Rask and this, this guy, Chamora, all these, they're lightweights intellectually. They're big symbol people. And the fact that they're going, turning on each other right now, that is a good thing and uh, possibly the way out of this craziness. Mr. Uh, Chamura, please don't lump me into this show and all of it. Next season, when I apply for my press pass, I would really, they have really good food up there in the press box. Really good food. So I'd like Ew. to get it. God. <laughs> Coward. Free, free popcorn, free popcorn, all the good stuff. All the good oh, yeah. stuff. Just tell them, you know, that you were dead set against Turtle Boy exposing this fraud and me piling on. You were, you were there to defend him. You're going to defend? I, would I, I would like to be the Bradford of the Boston Bruins, please. So like, could you uh, keep me I'd in like good to graces? I'd hear what Charlie Jacobs thinks of his uh, vice president of uh, marketing. I'd love to hear what he has to say about how this guy deals with little people. You know, little people like cops and mm-hmm. construction workers because he pisses all over them. 
It's it's disgusting. But uh, again, Turtle Boy gets all the credit. He broke the story. Read it on TB Daily News. You can read Tom Shattuck and the Lowell Sun. You can listen to him on the Burn Barrel podcast. All right, I will let you. I was going to say get you keep getting the kids ready for school, but there's not going to be any school not till November fourth. Uh, I feel bad for you and your <laughs> wife. Yeah, if that, if November fourth, we'll see. Yeah, I don't even think so. November fourth. Oh, well, why would you keep them out after November fourth? It doesn't matter after that. Might as well send them to school. Everyone knows there's mm-hmm. no danger getting a virus. Everyone knows that. It's all about Trump. So keep them out till November fourth. That's when school starts, at least in the uh, blue states. But uh, thanks, Shattuck. Thank you, Jerry. We will Dave. talk again soon. Uh, and thanks to uh, Shake Concrete and DCU at Allied Paving and Raycon. Do I have to thank anybody else, Colony? No, but if you think that today's show was technically flawless, like I do personally, Correct. please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and say yeah. all the nice things. All the nice things. Lots of reviews, lots of good ones. It always amazes me. I don't know why. Because I get you know angry tweets and angry texts, but we get good reviews and we got lots of them. So you can do that and you can support us by supporting all our wonderful sponsors. These are good people, good companies. You know you know, it's not easy sometimes to support a podcast like this one. You know what it takes. It takes good people with some backbone, and that's what we got. And we appreciate all of our all of our support, all of our advertisers. Thanks to all of them, and thanks to you for listening. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.